Okay, so I'm back at it again. I'm in the office and I've been sitting down here and the exact same thing has played out again. I'm in here about half an hour and I haven't recorded a thing. Okay, I'm nine seconds in, but I've been in here for 30 minutes and nine seconds. Now, not all of that 30 minutes was a complete waste. I did get a couple of things Googled and I have the definition of a few things and I got a couple of things straight in my head before I, I started talking. Half an hour was way too fucking much though. And here's one for you. I found myself thinking about what I was going to say and then saying it out loud, kind of doing a dry run. But my intention in the moment of doing the dry run was just getting out what was in my head. But what happened was, what was in my head, as it often tends to be, is the start of a narrative. So in my head, I said, right, I'll get, I'll get this paragraph clear in my head. And five minutes of talking later, I kind of realised, bollocks, I'm not even fucking recording this. Fucking waste of time. So again... I just have to constantly remind myself that when I sit down to do something, that I do it and I don't fanny around almost pretending as though I'm doing it. Um, but again, enough fucking frano bashing for the minute. What I'm going to do here is something that I'm thinking about incorporating into the solos moving forward because I think it's going to be immensely beneficial to me first and foremost and possibly to people listening. Okay? So... I have five or six pages of notes that I jotted down last night. Now, I'd often do that. I'd often write ten pages of notes of an evening. Okay, or maybe in the morning before I get out of bed or, or whenever. And I write lo loads of notes and I have thousands of fucking pages of notes. And it's great because whenever I get stuck for something to talk about, say, I can flick through it and I can look at it and I can say, oh yeah, I could talk about this bit or I could talk about that bit or I could talk about these two bits together. But the downside of that is it's like going into a library and skimming through different pages on different books. There's no real continuity, there's no order. So what I'm going to do, or what what the thought that's occurring to me now to do moving forward is whenever I have five or six pages of notes done, to skim over them like I'm going to do now and flesh them out slightly. Okay, now don't get me wrong, I'm not going to start reading notes because my notes... A note for me could be two words. It could be just mission statement, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. You know, and that's just to remind me basically when I'm flicking back over the pages, go, oh yeah, fuck, I wanted to, to talk about mission statements. And I'd say the majority of this is going to be about mission statements because, well, as the recording will unfold, you'll see why. But the idea is, instead of going into a library whereby you're pulling from different books and different topics and different authors from left, right and centre, if I can just skim over what I've recently written, it will just concretise the ideas in my head and will hopefully bring you guys along with my journey so you can kind of... So that, so that there's an overarching narrative. So even when I upload 40 solo podcasts in an episode... The first one's on Egypt, the second one's on typewriters, the third one's on the quality of the air in a grow room, the fourth one is on endangered species in the Mongolian jungle. You know, it doesn't matter if each episode is just completely unrelated to the previous one. Hopefully, at least, there'll be an overarching narrative amongst them all, which people can follow, if that makes sense. But anyway, I digress. Getting back to the notes. So, OTL mission statement. I write OTL shorthand for off the lead. Um, mission statement. The little brother put me onto this the other day. And uh, what did I leave it was? To democratise knowledge and to lead by example. That's, I think, what I mentioned the last day. 
Okay, now I started thinking about goals and I, just a couple of things I wrote down here. To awaken people was one and to make them realise all is not as, as it seems. Now, I have to preface this slightly. When I'm writing notes and my advice to other people writing notes is whatever the thought that comes into your head when you've got the pen in your hand and the page in your hand, write the thought out. Okay, now, it don't stop yourself and go, oh, I don't like the sound of that. Don't stop yourself and go, oh, I can I can phrase that better. Just let it fall out of you and put it on the page. Now, the downside of that is you're going to look back on some of the stuff and it's going to make you sound like such a sanctimonious cunt or a hateful prick or or you, you're going to sound arrogant. You might sound racist. You might sound sexist. You might sound misogynistic. You might sound bigoted. It doesn't matter, okay? Don't take ownership of the thoughts that pop into your head. Only take ownership of the words that you use having formulated the thoughts intentionally, okay? I spoke about this before, not to, to go over uh, trodden territory too much, but the example I gave before was... The wife was out of, of an evening. I don't know where she was or where she went, but she was gone. I was at home with the kids. And Fionn, this, at the time, was four and he was in bed fast asleep. Kiva was only a baby and I think she was asleep in her cot and I had the baby monitor. So I essentially had the house to myself. The kids were in bed, herself was out. I could put whatever I wanted on the TV or on the speakers, music, or whatever else. I could do whatever I want, wanted. I was by myself. Everything was great. And there was, a, I think, I don't think I'd heard a sound out of the monitor for a while. And as any new parent will tell you, if you don't have a sound out of the monitor, you're, you know, at the door listening in. And if you can't hear anything, you're you're looking through the crack of the door. And before you know it, you're over poking your sleeping baby to make sure it's still alive. Okay, that's just a new parent thing. But anyway, I hadn't heard her for ages. And the thought that popped into my head was, oh, for fuck's sake, don't die on my watch. That's the thought that just, ping, just came to me, okay? I didn't ask for it. I didn't set out to have that thought. It just pinged off in my brain. Don't die on my watch. Now, the thing that I've explained a bit before and I'm going to flesh out a little bit now is there's a distinction between don't die and don't die on my watch. I, at that moment in time, the thought that popped into my head, my brain was more concerned about being to blame for my daughter dying than it was my daughter dying. Okay, and if you extrapolate that a little bit, you could say to yourself that I, having thought that thought, would have preferred my wife to have been the blame for my daughter's death rather than for me to be to blame for my daughter's death. Okay, now you have to you have to view this rationally and logically and say to yourself, I didn't ask for that thought to pop into my head. I'm not going to take ownership over it and I'm not going to fucking beat myself into the ground for being a terrible person for that thought having popped into my head. Okay, now the reason I'm, I'm, I'm saying that is because when I read over my notes, I'm not saying that's going to happen here. It may or may not. But if I sound like a sanctimonious prick or an arrogant wanker or any of the above, remember it's just a note it's not my point of view it's not something that I'm um, espousing if that's the right word for other people to, to take on board okay so that aside anyway yes I left with to democratise knowledge and to lead by example and I was relatively happy with that 
Um, now, I hadn't settled on it, but that's where I left off, I think. That was the mission statement as it stood, to democratise knowledge and to lead by example. Okay, so to democratise, to basically make freely available to everyone, knowledge is knowledge, and to lead by example, to basically, oh no, the lead by example bit was a new thing, I think. Maybe it was, I don't know. But that's what it was at one point, to, to democratise knowledge and to lead by example. Now, the next one on from that, where did it come from? Yes. So another note that I took was, I have a, a, a few things here bullet pointed. Taking care of the environment, being aware of global warming, lowering your carbon footprint, and being environmentally friendly and environmentally conscious. And I have that circled and to, to group all that together. Now, the reason that I've done that is because I think that those things, you know, taking care of the environment, being aware of global warming, lowering our carbon footprint, I think that's all misguided. And I think it's naive. And the reason that I think it's naive, and I actually, I googled the, the meaning of naive before I started recording this. This is one of the bits of work that I did before. So being naive is showing a lack of experience, wisdom or justice, ju not justice, judgment. Naive means showing a lack of experience, wisdom or judgment. And I was like, fucking hell, that fairly well encapsulates what I'm trying to push back against. A lack of experience. Now, a six-year-old doesn't have any experience, but that doesn't mean that a 96-year-old does. The odds of a 96-year-old having more experience than a six-year-old are, you know, sky high. But you can be a fucking, you can be a 96-year-old infant. Okay, just because you're 40, it doesn't mean that you've got 40 years of experience because a lot of 40-year-olds are still 25. And if you're a 40-year-old that's still 25, it means that you have 25 years of experience and then 15 years of ex of repeating that experience. Okay, wisdom, which is meta-knowledge, I suppose, and judgment. Okay, so a lack of experience, wisdom or judgment. That is essentially what's wrong with the world. People are, people are naive. People are naive to advertisers and to corporations and to themselves and to their own spirituality and to, to not everything, but in a lot of cases, a lot of the time, practically everything. And the reason that I'm saying that is the word naive actually ends up bleeding into my most recent mission statement. But just getting back, not, not getting back, but I just don't want to leave the whole me thinking taking care of the environment essentially is misguided and naive. It isn't, it isn't. In the sense that it isn't, the fucking planet's on fire. We're in the middle of ecological disaster that was just unimaginable a couple of decades ago, okay? We're wreaking havoc on the planet by emitting far too much CO2 and other greenhouse gases and by polluting the oceans and by chopping down the forests and all the rest of it, okay? So don't get me wrong, I'm not anti doing something to promote a better environment and a better ecosystem for ourselves and all the other fucking animals, okay? It's not that. But a better angle to approach that from, I think, is instead of harping on at people about taking care of the environment and stopping polluting, I think a better way to approach this problem is by explaining to people that they don't need the shit that they keep buying to educate people into not being mindless consumers. Okay. I recently 
was given as a present a cover for a notebook. It's I'm, this is a plug by the way for a company called Mishnock. M I S H N O for the C. Now I've never spoken to these guys. I'm not getting anything on the back of this, but I just want to throw them in here because they seem to be a pretty cool company. They're based over in Galway and they make leather products basically. So the, the leather they source from Ireland and some of it they import, but it's all life lifelong stuff. I'm hopefully going to have this notebook cover forever. Okay, the only reason that I won't have this on my beside me on my deathbed is because I'll have lost it or I'll have gifted it to somebody. Okay, now I'm a fan of having nice things. I'm not saying don't be a consumer. You know, live in a fucking loincloth. I'm saying have nice things by all means. Okay, but buy them, not buy. I was about to say buy them from particular types of company. That's not what I mean to say. Buy decent stuff. And have it. And keep it. And have it forever. Don't buy a fucking new wallet every six months. Or every two years. Buy one that will last 50 years. And give it to your fucking son on your deathbed. Or whatever. But again, that's just a better angle to attack the problem of global warming, I think. Instead of endlessly badgering people that they're not kind of doing enough. Here's one for you, okay? I know a girl, I won't name her. Because what I'm going to say about her isn't isn't um exactly complimentary but she's little miss recycling lady okay she lives by recycling she thinks recycling is the best and greatest thing that the world has ever known and she has described herself as um, a recycling nazi and she's one step removed from coming into your house and going through your fucking bins to see you know what shouldn't be in the bin bin and what shouldn't be in the recycling bin okay but the same girl has a wardrobe for every season the same girl wouldn't be caught dead in the same dress twice. And she doesn't seem to see the mismatch there because she's been fed a narrative of recycling will save the world. And it fucking won't. You can't endlessly be a consumer and think that your recycling of all that consumed goods is going to have some sort of a net positive impact on the climate, okay? Recycling doesn't justify commu- consumerism. But anyway, why am I telling you that recycling doesn't justify consumerism? I'm going through my notes. And all that stuff about the environment led me on to the word naive, which means showing a lack of experience, wisdom or judgment, which to me kind of sent off alarm bells in my head. I was like, that's what I'm trying to fucking push back against, which led to the the subsequent and more recent mission statement. And the more, the more recent one is to take arms against naivety by democratising knowledge. Now, I sent that to two people. I sent it to past guest and friend of the show, Pat O'Reilly, who said it's it sounded uh, pretentious as fuck and he didn't like it. And I sent it to my brother Aidan over, my little brother Aidan over in Qatar, who asked me about the mission statement in the first place. And he said, oh, I don't know. I don't know if most people are sure of what naivety means or democratising. So in a, in a sentence that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in an eight word sentence, you're using two words. So a quarter of the words in the sentence, he wasn't sure most people would understand. Now, I agree with both of those critiques. Okay. I think Patter's right. I think to take arms against naivety by democratizing knowledge is one of the most pretentious things I've ever written. And I also think it's not suitable for a mass audience because as Aidan uh, so wisely said, I don't think the majority of people would be sure what naivety, what naivety or democratising mean, okay? However, I don't care if it sounds pretentious, and that's another word that I had to look up, okay? So, pretentious, 
attempting to impress by affecting greater importance or merit than is actually possessed. Okay, it's it's thinking too highly of yourself to a degree. And I agree with that, but this is a mission statement. Okay, this is this is an ideal. This is it's it it's it's almost like a secular prayer of sorts in a, in a weird way. It's a it's a it's a it's a guiding star. It's it's something to the idea of a mission statement is no matter what you're doing, let's say you've a decision to make, will you eat salad for lunch or get a fucking takeaway? Let's say that's as mundane as the decision you have to make is. When making a decision with your business, you're often, especially if your business is at a crossroads, that's, then it's of particular importance. Let's say you're deciding, like me at the minute, I'm deciding, should I stay with food service, which is supplying kind of restaurants and hotels and things like that, where the, where the food is served, essentially, or should I pivot and hit retail? Because retail's fucking booming. Everybody's at home more, so everybody's doing bigger and bigger shops, um, and nobody's going to the restaurants or the hotels because nobody can. Okay, so it would make sense for me to pivot my business to retail. But before I made that decision, I'd have to ask myself what my mission statement was. Now it's cash. I've had a business for five years, the Irish microgreens business, and it doesn't have a mission statement. And the reason it doesn't have a mission statement is because my heart was never really into it. My heart was in setting up something that had never been done before and and striving to make it a success and learning all about how to fucking wire a grow room and plumb a grow room and maintain the temperature and the humidity and and, and all the rest of it. That was all really interesting and it was class and it was fucking, I just, I loved every second of it. It was brilliant. But my heart was never in the business. My heart is, is in this. It absolutely is in this. So that's why I'm bothering to putting together a mission statement because of how crucially important it is. It wasn't as important to me back in the day when I was setting up that business and that's why I don't have a mission statement for the Irish microgreens business. And it's why I'm working and will perpetually be working on improving my mission statement for this one. But anyway, I digress. To take arms against naivety by democratising knowledge is where it stands at the minute. I accept that it's pretentious and I accept that people don't aren't going to understand it that clearly. But it doesn't matter because in relation to getting people on board with the whole off the lead thing, a community movement, whatever way you want to phrase it, in relation to getting people involved in it and to grow my audience basically and therefore have more impact, I'll increase my my viewership or my fan base or whatever the fuck way you want to phrase it. I'll increase that by putting out good content and when the time comes, putting out good content in a clickbaity manner, which would basically sucker people in with something small, like a soundbite out of a conversation with the view of funneling them towards the full conversation. It won't come from my mission statement. The mission statement is for me personally, okay? And I don't mind sounding as pretentious as fuck when I'm speaking to myself. And I don't mind that other people aren't going to understand exactly what I'm saying when I'm speaking to myself. Holy shit, it's fucking 20 minutes. And nearly 20 minutes. And I've barely got through a page and a half of notes. But I have a fucking grow room to build. So, I'm not a grow room to build, a mobile podcast studio to build. I'll send up a video shortly of a progress report. I'll probably do a walk around. Check that out on Facebook and Instagram. Like, subscribe, comment, give me a review. All that shit helps. And I'll chat you soon.